It's quarterfinal time at the Rugby World Cup. Potentially the greatest Rugby World Cup of all time. The All Blacks are staring down a quarterfinal elimination. Fiji has a chance against England. France and South Africa could be one of the greatest games of all time. And also Wales and Argentina are making up the numbers. Uh, it's time for the Banter Lads. Rugby and mental health chat from the Super Sport Dojo. Let's go, Joe. My name is uh, Guy Williams. I'm joined on the podcast by my good friend, uh, Matthew Cook. Kia ora, fans of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and my other mate, uh, Sanjay Patel. Yeah, I'd like to welcome also haters of the podcast. I'm, you know, welcoming off everyone here. <laughs> Um, I got a lovely message. Um, we have a female fan. No. You know how we asked if anyone yeah. um, has been buying ca- cocaine in Hawke's Bay? Uh, yeah. Message in. I haven't got any cocaine messages, but I have got Instagram. I don't even check my Instagram messages generally, mm. but I just happened to check in the um, thing, and it was a it was a lady, and she said she listened to the podcast. I was really stoked. Yeah. So, Who um, was the lady? Was she like shout a out, fan? Or was it your mum? Shout, shout out to... It was not someone related to me. Oh my god! I've immediately um, lost her name. Rebecca, shout out to Rebecca. Cheers, she said, Rebecca. I re- she said, um, I really enjoy it. It blends uh, rugby and obscure pop culture references. What about the mental health chat? <laughs> uh, no mention of the mental health chat, but um, uh, she liked the Nelson bathroom chat. Oh yeah, that was great chat. <laughs> Especially your offering. Free um, airfares to anyone. If anyone wants to have sex with me in the Nelson College bathrooms, let me know. I have a full, full page uh, <laughs> trip to the Nelson bathrooms. It's going to be a great time. Um, but guys, I don't think I've been this excited for a rugby weekend. I mean, probably since last World Cup. But I don't think I cared that much. I think this podcast has helped me become invested. Mm. Like, I just, this, this weekend, this game, Ireland versus... New Zealand. I mean, I, I, the, the Football World Cup was pretty amazing last year, but the Football World Cup, because New Zealand's not in it, it's hard to become that invested. Yeah. Um, so for me, this Ireland-New Zealand okay. game is right up there. What were okay. you say, Matt? Well, you weren't invested because what? No one was in it. That you well, like, about. no, no, no. I was definitely rooting for Argentina and Messi and, like, the storybook finish happened. But, like, yeah. I'm not that invested. Like, I haven't, you've followed Messi his whole, your, his whole career. I've followed Messi for like four years. I'm I'm definitely yeah. a, a bandwagoner. I, sport is one of those things where like, it's such a dumb nerdy thing that we just choose to like. So I feel mm. like you can just choose to like and invest yourself in it. Yeah, you know, like I don't I don't care about um the women's rugby world cup until I decided to, and it was the best time in my life. Yeah, you know, yeah, Same yeah. With cricket. I don't give a fuck about cricket. Yeah, until I decide to, and then I'm like, yeah. fuck, I love cricket. Yeah. And and it's it's true that you can get excited about any any competition if you just like invest yeah. yourself. It's it's my my dream is to make the new to buy the New Zealand Basketball League, make it entirely amateur, and just make it like an entertainer's. I'm like have two dollar beers, have the crowd just be drunk, get venues where you can basically like touch the players on the court and just make it raucous because oh, yeah. like atmosphere and excitement is what sports all Kinda about. Like a darts and, darts competition. Yeah, like darts, exactly like the darts. Yeah, but uh, but also like um, any two teams competing is good. And one of the problems with professional sport is that the attack gets better and better, but so does the defense. 
Yeah. And like I miss the good old days where players would just make huge mistakes all the time. And the better and better sport gets, the less and less mistakes they make. And yeah. it kind of takes away a little bit of like what you talk about, Matt, the magic or the storylines. Well, the, um, there's been a lot of chat recently about the um, the death of the number 10 in football. So now like there's none of that magic or you with athleticism the way it is, you have to be fast, strong and have endurance and it's put less onus on those kind of mm. unfit maestros to make to have any impact. Yeah, I mean, just like, like I a think the last player like Zidane. Yeah, like Zidane. Like even, yeah, Zidane's been saying he's like, look, yeah, I was amazing, but I probably couldn't compete. I could probably couldn't be the Zidane now against these players. Yeah, you know, like even like Perlo, he he was maybe like the last of those kind of slow maestros that kind of just. Mm floated around in the middle of the park and just pinged some balls and, you know, did some beautiful turns and shit. You can't have that now. Every player has to be an Adonis. Yeah. Perlo, fuck, he was was good looking, eh? He's probably one of the greatest looking sportsmen of all time. The Italian. Good looking with a beard. Have you seen him without a beard? Well, okay. Oh, because he looks amazing now that he's retired. Did you say did he not look good at one point? Yeah. Without Perlo, beardless, Mm. strange man. He's got a very big gap between his nose and his upper lip yeah okay i kind of normally see that. long yeah with a beard, beard though it is suit now who's your coach milan or something no Gorgeous. he got sacked didn't he have you seen oh, him beardless yeah but i suppose it's a bit like kane williamson he looks way better with a beard than without yeah because he so, only looks um, like 12 when he's doesn't have a beard so <laughs> probably suits him with a beard he looks like an adult well, to be fair, though, the the players are getting so young these days. Um, you know, oh no, we're getting so old, I should say. The players remain, the age remains mm-hmm. the same. So they, they do, you do realize that some of these people that we yell at from the sidelines yeah. and abuse are literal children. Yeah, like tweenies, yeah. Um, Sanjay, what are you feeling before the quarterfinals? Yeah, I mean, it's probably like the most unpredictable one. Because you normally, um, well, it's because of World Rugby, they put it that way to have all the top teams mm-hmm. face each other off in the quarterfinals. But yeah, it's hard, well, I'm to, glad you... hard to, yeah, yeah. you know, have like last quarterfinals, you could probably guess accurately who's going to win each one, whereas this one you can't. So that makes yeah. it exciting. Well, I, uh, at the end of the podcast, I will get everyone's predictions for all four games. I want your heart predictions like what you think like matt's narrative coefficient what you think is going to happen mm. and also if you had a amount of money that you'd be afraid to lose if you had five thousand dollars to bet on a game where you would bet your money because i i for example the all blacks game i'd probably i, I in my heart i'm calling all blacks by 20 but if you asked if you gave me five thousand dollars and said you had to bet this money right now i'd probably bet it on ireland by narrow you know mm so should we start there all blacks versus ireland and i want to start at the um stoke domain on a muddy pitch when i would have been about maybe 17 years old going along to watch my brother who um my dad pulled him out of our local club marist st joseph's because he was so sick of um watching me get my ass kicked all through my primary school days and he didn't want the same thing for my brother who seemed to have more talent so he moved him out to the powerhouse of stoke And he got to play with a man known as James Lowe. And um, this man 
uh, he could move mountains. He was like he was like a Adonis. He was like a, a Herculean character playing against boys. I said, I think on the first podcast we recorded, that he used to catch the ball at first receiver, run around their entire back line, and score it in the opposite corner. And that man has grown up through the Nelson College first 15, through the New Zealand rugby system. He was banished and went to Ireland. He came back as an Irish player to beat New Zealand in New Zealand, and now he's playing in the biggest game in Irish history. Mm. His name is James Lowe. And it is kind of amazing to see, you know, a boy from Nelson, not a rugby, not Nelson. I always talk about the Nelson players and there's a lot of talk about fins up, but like Nelson is terrible at rugby traditionally. I think that's why it's such a special thing. Um, with uh, All our good players have been recent additions. I don't think there's any historically great All Blacks. If they are, they're from 100 years before I was aware that rugby was a thing. Um, Wyatt Crockett, David Havili. And now James Lowe has the potential to be the greatest Nelson player ever. And to see that guy as a kid to now mm. is pretty spectacular. And this is, yeah, a pretty big game. Yeah, he should change his name to James High because of this achievement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just think um, this is so cool for Ireland, you know? Like, you could not... Matt, your your narrative coefficient must be pinging off the, off the radar. We've said it a million mm. times. Ireland has never won a quarter. They're famous yeah. for peaking the year before, and they have to play the All Blacks, the most dominant team of the last 15 years, potentially the greatest rugby team of all time. And they run a 17-game winning streak at the moment, so Oof. they have to keep that up. Yeah. Yeah, so the narrative, the narrative coefficient is definitely picking Ireland to win in, yeah. a, dramatic, in a dramatic way. Yeah. Um, but you just can't discount the All Blacks. Like, they're just... Uh, I feel like in my heart they're going to win and destroy the World Cup. And no. It makes me want to cry. Matt, Matt, you're this... Speaking of mental health journey, this <laughs> this podcast has been a mental health journey for you because you're like... I, I get it. I get it. It has been... As as someone who hasn't been... I mean, I'd say All Blacks are kind of your second team. Why? Am I right? What? Second what team? Well, no. Well, on this podcast, like, I mean, episode one, you were talking about you know, kind of hating the All Blacks and wanting the dynasty to come to an end. And then episode two or three, when they lost to France, you're kind of talking about them as us and we. And now you're back to like, oh, the All Blacks <laughs> are going to ruin it if they win. It's from week to week. It's hard to tell where you stand on the All Blacks, how you feel about them, yeah. how you feel as a New Zealander, you know? It's, it's hard because, yeah, I do say we and us, but that's because I have a unique perspective of being inside the fan base. Yeah. Without truly supporting them. Like like I said, I think OG day one, I support sport and I support narrative. So if the All Blacks if they have a narrative that's worth supporting, yeah, I'm well behind them. But at the moment, they're the villains and they need to be toppled. I reckon two weeks ago when they lost to France though, or three weeks ago, you were you'd changed the narrative again and said the All Blacks narrative coefficient was going up or Yeah, it was. Because they'd had their loss. And it was a chance for them to rebuild. But they haven't shown any kind of character or anything that makes me want to support them. Like, yeah, they they scored like the most points in Rugby World Cup pool history, whatever. But it's just, it just doesn't feel right. Oh, no, that doesn't, that doesn't feel right. The All Blacks would be pulling, they'd be winding back the clock now. Like the, it was because they were in a pool with one good team and three dog shit teams. It wasn't really because mm. they yeah. were necessarily brilliant. But even like, the, there's been no continuity in the All Black squad. And there's always questions about D-Mac, Roy Gard, how good is Moonga? 
who goes where. And it's kind of, I just like it when you just have a squad and it's like, hey, these are the dudes, these are the characters, which is another important variable. But there is the, the um, Joe Schmidt facing the Irish yep. again. That's a bit of narrative. Yep. No, that is true. I, yeah, I have noticed that Fozzie's been trying to, um, or like the All Blacks camp has been trying to uh, write that narrative, mm. which I do appreciate because I think narrative. they've been listening to the podcast and they understand, hey, narratives are important. We need characters. We need villains. Now that Eddie Jones is gone, mm. we need someone to kind of focus our hate towards. Well, I'll um, give you I'll give you someone to focus some hate towards. Um, Gregor Paul is a New Zealand journalist, and I actually used to hate on him, but I now feel bad because I found out you know you know like you know that old saying when you walk a mile in Peel's shoes. And I used to like shit on a lot of people in media, and then I kind of realized how tough their job was, and I kind of reassessed it a little bit. And Gregor Paul is like a almost clickbait rugby journalist from the New Zealand Herald, and he this week kind of embarrassed our whole country. Um, by writing an article listing how many Irish players are for, foreign born. You know, there's a few players like James Lowe who came mm. up through the New Zealand system. They've got players from Australia, players from South Africa and whatnot. And of course, instantly the internet pointed out that <laughs> probably oh, the worst country for poaching players is New Zealand. Mm. And um, yeah, we were really in a glass house. Although Gregor Paul is, is, is originally Scottish. So we, t- we t- actually poached him. <laughs> Um, but I don't know whether he's trying to embarrass New Zealand, but that was embarrassing. But I did, after getting pissed off at his clickbait, I will say that um, the New Zealand sports journalist, he has to write like five clickbait articles a week for the Herald. There's nothing happening during the week besides a squad announcement. And he also writes one of the New Zealand rugby magazines. So I kind of, I had a little bit more sympathy for him. Um, but one interesting story I did get from that is um, Lester Fanganuku, who is potentially going to be, um, listed as a starting winger this week. Um, maybe not. It just depends on the um, health of Talia. Um, I Googled him because I was quite interested that he was um, originally... There's a few players in the All Black squad who seem very blatantly poached, specifically mm. from Tonga. The other one is um, uh, Dokiaho. Came, he was the captain of the Tongan under-15 mm. team. And he came here and... Um, <laughs> Tonga should not do... <laughs> age grade tours of New Zealand because it's basically just a shopping spree <laughs> yeah, for, for New Zealand place, schools yeah. to steal the players. But um and you can understand you can't blame the players for switching over to New Zealand because it's more money again. But um New Zealand needs to keep their keep their mouth closed a little bit. But the story of Lester Fanganuku was pretty good. Um him being a Nelson boys player and uh Tasman player fins up. The story on his Wikipedia, his father, uh Tao Fanganuku played prop for Tonga at the nineteen ninety nine Rugby World Cup. Um, during one of the games of the World Cup in which uh, Tonga beat Italy at Welford Sta- Road Stadium, Leicester, England, Malachi named his son yeah. after the city in honour of the game. How cool is that? And I, was, I always wondered why Leicester's name was spelt like Leicester, England, and not like yeah. um, not like Leicester how you'd normally spell it. And that's why. It's kind of fascinating. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I overwhelmed you guys with a, a long rant there. Um, in the meantime, Matt has acquired an apple and is just chewing yeah. away. And Sanjay, you got any th- any thoughts on the Irish game? Help me out here, I know, because you were talking about Greg or Paul. I had to write so many clickbait articles. It's because if you didn't write so much, then like they'd give it to Polly Gillespie to fill in the um, column. <laughs> so he has to yeah, keep tuning what, out that um, the words... What crazy um, shit is Paul, Polly Gillespie writing these I don't days? Know. I don't know if she's still right. Hopefully she doesn't, but... She wrote some crazy stuff last election. 
Yeah. Yeah. I do think that um, it's a real shame when people shit on like naturalized sports people as well. And I understand, but I think as long as it's better, if it's like a player like James Lowe couldn't get his opportunity in New Zealand. So he went and found a pot of gold yeah. at the end of the Irish rainbow. It's, it's, it's a bit more bullshit when New Zealand, a powerful country takes players off a developing country like Tonga. Again, I, I don't begrudge the players at all. They come for more money, but yeah. um, uh, like it, players going from New Zealand to Ireland is a lot different from players going Tonga to New Zealand. Yeah. Um, but sport is in my mind, a good way of like showing the diversity in a modern country, you know, like in a modern economy, people should be able to move around the world to where they're best suited and most needed. And, if you look at like Zinedine Zidane in France and what he did for the face of immigration or mm. Zlatan Ibrahimovic Imbri- Imbri- in Sweden or even Michael Jordan mm. breaking down barriers in the yeah. 90s in the United States. Like it is, the, um, it's quite a special thing. A lot of your examples there are white dudes playing for white countries. But I know that like Mario um, Balotelli suffered quite a bit of abuse playing for Italy. Yeah. So it, doesn't, it doesn't always work. Mm. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> um, can I rewind? Well, um, that's the thing is that... Um, uh, I don't think um, uh, Zidane Zidane was seen as white. Like, I guess in New Zealand you'd call him white passing, but in France that wasn't white. And yeah. like, yeah, he was, he was, was Benzema. Benzema. Yeah, definitely. He definitely suffered from that thing of being, um, yeah, Algerian when he was bad, and but when he was good, yeah, and he's probably French, France's greatest. Yeah. Ever, he'd be good, France's greatest ever football player, right? Or yeah, well, yeah, probably like the one the first one with there. him, and then he'd be on the conversation. We we don't we don't talk about it much in New Zealand, but like I just think of Jonah Lomu being a white guy from Nelson was like one of my first introductions to Tongan New Zealanders, you know. And he was he was I mean there was Michael Jones and um, Inga Tuigamalu, we had a lot of great Pacific Island players that came before, but Jonah Lomu really was the first one where like everyone wanted to be proud of him and like the whole country could identify with. I don't know, maybe this isn't quite the same as James Lowe playing for Ireland. But I don't know, Bandiaki playing for Ireland or something yeah. like that. Um, I don't know. so I important just... as well for them. Yeah. I love that narrative. That In in tournament um, sport, you need those players that kind of um, become the the catalyst or, you know, kind of the, what's the word? What's the word? It's like a totem. No. Yeah, the, um, the, the talisman. shaman. Talisman. 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 The shaman. shaman. <laughs> what you He's like making medicines <laughs> for everyone yeah. on the team. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> you need a talisman and um bundy is he's definitely stepped into that role like, i mean he's always been very good mm. but he's like especially good um in these past four or five games for ireland and i love it another analysis uh point i had is that i didn't re- just just so everyone else knows jameson gibson park is a rugby player who plays for ireland for literally three or four weeks now i've heard the words jameson gibson park and assumed that was one of the stadiums where the game was happening <laughs> same I had no idea that Jamison Gibson Park is a dude. And I'm just saying that's not allowed. Like, if you are going to double barrel someone's name like that, as so many people like to do these days, just make it Jamison Park Gibson. And then <laughs> just Jamison, it's like, it's like there's a New Zealand Wait, journalist so has, called... has he got three last names? No, he's no, got two. two. His first name's Jamison. Well, that's the last name. <laughs> that's his first name. That's Jamison. Oh, yeah, I thought it was like a whiskey-sponsored... Um... Yeah gibson park jameson gibson park it sounds exactly right it's like how they have the boston garden is now like the boston td bank garden or something like that like they've put the sponsor in there it's like gibson park is now sponsored by jameson (laughs) so it's jameson gibson park i did not know that it's the same with anna burns francis the new zealand journalist where it's like you can't have an 
a random verb in there. It just, it fucks it up. And Francis is also a first name. So it sounds like Anna is burning Francis. It annoys me every time. Uh-huh. Do we, um, um, do we think that James Lowe would get into the All Black squad? <laughs> Sorry, I, I still don't think he would. He, 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 when, because I followed him closely at the time, he had, he had a double bad luck of just like playing for uh, Waikato at a time where they were not, like he had to earn his way up. Like he came up yeah. with the, with the Taz and Marco. He wasn't an immediate like star. Cause he actually, I can't remember what happened to him, but like when we were kids, he had some sort of like affliction. I want to say, I can't remember for a few years. So he didn't burst onto the scene and he kind of like, it's kind of crazy. He even came back to rugby. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm talking shit. But he came up through the Tasman system, and then he played for Waikato at a time where Waikato wasn't very good. They were on the on the up as well, mm. and then he was behind, as I said in the past, Savia and a few like mm. other like legendary New Zealand wingers. So there was kind of no space for him for a few years, yeah. and eventually he was like, "Man, it's time to make some money." Went to Ireland, and um, and now also All Blacks don't play many old wingers. Like yeah, as we said, like crazy, as a winger, yeah. you, you you've got a one World Cup window, so his yeah. world window might have been. Uh, probably 2019 or or maybe yeah. even 2015. So he's, he also doesn't fit the typical All Blacks winger archetype. Mm. You know, he's a bit bigger, he's a bit chunky. He's, he definitely doesn't have the the lightning speed that we're used to. So maybe it, that's part of the reason yeah, he, didn't, he, he never made it. Suits the Irish style. He wouldn't yeah. suit the All Blacks style. He he's really made a name for himself with his big boot, and that was probably something that maybe he's developed. But that huge left foot, and it's like. In my mind, it's almost more important than running now is your ability to like play like like a fullback and to be able to put the um mm. put the put the the boot through the leather. Because yeah. even Sanjay, like Will Jordan's doing that. He goes back in the fullback position sometimes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, I don't absolutely. Think but... or you know Lester do that. <laughs> they don't kick yeah. it much. Yeah, it's more yeah. the right wingers, I think. Or well, Lowe's a left winger, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, one of the how do we at f- least? How do we feel about Wayne Barnes being the ref? That's a name that I love it. When I read that, I was like, ah, oh, the narrative. <laughs> so good. I don't think the All Blacks struggle that much with him, though. I think he's just, no. Well, I hope it plays in their mind. Twenty yeah, twenty oh seven. We just keep remembering, but he's yeah, he's refereed us in other matches, and we've won. Sanjay, for people who don't know, can you just fill people in on what happened in in two thousand and seven? Uh, so we played. France and Cardiff at the 2007 Rugby World Cup. We were, again, like favourites to win that. Um, we were, wore our grey bloody jerseys. That was one issue. Um, but then he sent off Luke McAllister, like yellow carded him. Um, so, like, and then who was it? Frederick Michelak, I think, threw a yeah. forward pass, but yeah, Wayne yeah. Barnes didn't spot it and they scored a try, France, and got ahead. And we, yeah, lost that match, got eliminated. And we blame Wayne Barnes because of our elimination. And people yeah. still hold I, that against him. I remember our Prime Minister at the time, Helen Clark, She, the country was outraged for this. It probably helped her lose the upcoming election. Mm. But she said, I'd like to think, um, you know, if we're... If we're she obviously didn't care much for sports, but she, well, she, she said something Rugby like... Lee. Oh, does she like rugby yeah, league? Yeah, she loves rugby league, yeah. Rugby How do you know that? No, she always <laughs> you know, I saw her down at the Warriors every weekend, mate. No, she always used to talk about rugby league. Helen Clark? Yeah. 
Are you sure? Yeah. I never remember Helen Clark saying she was like a robot. She was like a hundred focus on like stable governance. Yeah. And I never remember her having any interest. It was always so crazy when they'd be like, it's New Zealand music month. What are Helen Clark's yeah. favorite songs? And her songs would be like, just like all the cliche New Zealand band. She's like, I love Fat Freddy's Drop and Trinity Roots and Cora. And you're like, there's no way Helen Clark had ever heard of any of those bands. She has, and when she talked, she has two loves in her life, rugby league and not having concerts at Eden Park. <laughs> <laughs> she, okay. Helen Clark, um, when, when she was responding to that rugby game loss and mm. the forward pass, she said, I like to think that um, uh, we would be good enough that one forward pass wouldn't def- define the game. And I thought that was a really nice, it kind of put sport in general into perspective. Because yeah. when we lose, we get so bitter. We like to fixate on the ref or mm. one play or one mistake when in reality, um, you know, like it's, the whole, the game is more than that. And, and if you're coming down to one like little yeah. split play, chances are you didn't deserve to win I the game. I even remember like at the end of the game, we were like almost camped in the um, French 22 or near there. But what we were trying to do is win a penalty because we were only mm. two points behind mm. and we could have taken a drop goal, you know, Wilkinson special, like any time, <laughs> and we didn't. But then at the end where we desperately needed to do a drop goal, it was like too far out to do a drop goal and we missed it. So, yeah, it wasn't the forward pass. We just took, you know, didn't take our opportunities at the end where we mm-hmm. could have. So we um, we hated Wayne Barnes. My um, friend Clint remembers um, logging onto a um, Bebo page to start the I Hate Wayne Barnes. Mm. But then luckily, New Zealand went on a, a, a run of dominance that lasted 10, 15 years with Richie McCaw at the at the helm. So we kind of forgot about that hatred. But it's kind of interesting. I think we have won a quarterfinal since with him refing. But it is because he is actually one of the best refs. Yeah, yeah. But it's like yeah, every yeah. yeah. Even the best um, make mistakes. And because of that um, 2007, that's where we went on to win probably the next two, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we might have um, not had the motivation to win those next two. That's, um, I I guess, got... yeah, yeah, that's why I'm saying that All Blacks need to lose this and start a new we cycle. We lost the last like, one, though. We didn't. We lost to England the yeah, last no, one. But we persisted. We didn't wipe the slate clean. We stuck by old Fozzie and we're like, no. oh, we'll get him next time. Nah, yeah. bro. We won't. Yeah. Well, who knows? See, again, you're saying we. You you really switch between being like, I think if the All Blacks lose, they're your team. And if the All Blacks are winning, you're like, I hate those guys. Yeah. No, because they need to start again. They've been holding on, like, sentimentally holding on to the old dead wood. But they are going to start again from next year. But, yeah, it's just these. Hopefully. I've got... if, if the All Blacks end up winning... Oh, it's going to be hard to get rid of. No, but he's them. already been announced as the next coach. They've already switched the coach. They've done a oh, very yeah, weird it's so, and it's bizarre because he's been like barred from going to the All Blacks games. You seen that? Yeah, is that true? Do you reckon? Well, it's in the news. Well, just maybe just Justin Marshall just trying to like cause some ruckus. <laughs> I think Justin Marshall is a weird dude. I just saw him doing a rugby pot. He's always got like his fashions are just a little bit. There's a place in Christchurch called Ballantines. Christchurch is famous for a number of tragedies. <laughs> Before they had the earthquakes and um, various other horrific tragedies I don't really want to bring up, um, uh, they had just a fire. That was all Christchurch yeah. had. They had a fire at a department store called Ballantines. And this department store, Ballantines, something magic happened in this fire. It froze Ballantines and therefore Christchurch 10 years in the past. 
And if you go to the shop, Valentine's, you're you're guaranteed guaranteed to come out in some of the wackest styles that you've ever seen, and it's expensive as well. Like all the brands in there are like Hugo Boss, um, Diesel jeans, like that's expensive clothes. Is Diesel expensive? Yeah, in Christchurch, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, just like, there's just a few, there's just a few, um, oh, speaking of Diesel, do you guys remember when Dan Carter tried to launch his ver- version of Diesel called Gas? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, like he, he had stores, Auckland, he had a store in Auckland, yeah. he had a store in Wellington, and Gas for me just always just sounded like, Diesel, fine, <laughs> Gas sounds like farts, you know, yeah. just, that's what it sounds like, it did, did yeah. not sound good, and that, that didn't last long. You should have but, caught a but, petrol um, anyway, being a New yeah. Zealander. <laughs> The um the 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 this store Valentine's will fuck your fashion up, and it's like you look at a few guys like that. Um, who's the guy who um I won't speak ill of. Uh, there's a, the perfect example. Really, is like maybe your Jason Guns or your Christchurch has their own celebrities, mm. and Justin Marshall is one of them, and he's just got these like Versace sunglasses on. He just looks like he's from 2012, and he just can't. Mm. He just can't ever catch up because Valentine's, I, I'm telling you, the clothes in there, they're fucked. I don't know what where they get them from, but it's like they're buying from like old world catalogs. Mm. <laughs> and um, yeah, Justin Marshall always looks a bit fucked and he's just so gutted he's not in the Sky Sport commentary team. Yeah. He just goes around saying bullshit, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> do you reckon? You might have. Yeah. I, I feel like everyone does. Yeah, but we just, do. <laughs> especially him because he was left out of the, like everyone else in the Sky Sports were included in the World Cup squad yeah apart that from sucks. Them. can you imagine that just being excluded imagine if sanjay me and you started a rival podcast <laughs> yeah. without guy <laughs> that's what it's like yeah yeah i'd put on my versace aviators and walk around outside yeah. the, the stadiums like doing interviews to anyone who would listen um <laughs> yeah okay i do think when you hear a justin marshall interview though i do think we have managed to bully him into a little bit of self-awareness which is a good thing and a bad thing I kind of feel bad for the guy, but he's kind of quite self-aware now where he's like, oh, yeah, sometimes people don't like what I say. And it's like, all right, J- Justin, we also love you. We love you because you're an idiot, mm-hmm. you know? Um, a bit of, uh, yeah, exactly. A bit of analysis from me. Um, the All Blacks don't do a kind of rush defense. And it was like, I've heard a few people now say, is that going to sting the All Blacks? You know, Ireland have got a very tricky back line. Mm-hmm. And if you don't make them feel uncomfortable... Are they gonna like dictate the terms? You know, are they gonna take take it to New Zealand a little bit? Mm, I don't know because, like I said in week, I don't know whenever it was, uh, South Africa versus Ireland, right? I think uh, South Africa have a rush defense, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. And I said Ireland completely nullified that defense by throwing dummies. Mm. So I think maybe not having that press might be okay. Yeah, maybe gives them like it gives the All Blacks a little bit of a, you know, two or three meters to just keep their eye, just you know, just to check the runs of the Irish backline rather than committing and getting done on the step or the yeah. dummy. But um, yeah, the counterpoint to that is that you're while you're checking the the runs, um, they're b- breaking over the advantage line again and again, and with quick re- ball recycled, yeah, um, yeah, they're going to do damage. Who knows? Oh, it's so get- exciting. Like, I just yeah. can't, like, every time I think about it going one way, mm. another part of me goes, oh, what about this? Oh, but yeah. what about this? What about this? Like, that's how finally balanced it is in my mind. But I think that's because I'm constantly worried about All Blacks winning and winning by 20 or 30. 
Should we do some predictions now? Or do we have other thoughts about Ireland versus New Zealand? No, or just, should we do our predictions at the end? Yeah, at the end, I reckon. Oh, what? Well, okay. Yeah, because yeah, the fans, we want to keep the fans intrigued. <laughs> okay. And, and Rebecca. Yeah, shout yeah, to Rebecca. Yeah. yeah. Shout to the ladies listening to the pod. Um, well, speaking of ladies, a very attractive man named uh, Dupont has, how do you say his name? Antoine. Antoine Dupont. 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 He has, um, he's got his, I don't know, what, what's happened to his face? Has he got like a, a plate in there? What's got, he's like a bionic man now or something? He's back. Yeah. Half man, half machine. Half and record- cutlery. Or what do you call a plate? That's not cutlery, is it? <laughs> half uh, silverware. Yeah. France versus South Africa is um, shaping up to be even more spicy mm. than Ireland versus All Blacks, where like that's probably even harder to predict, right? Because and it's, it's two versus three in the world rankings, that one. Yeah. And the narrative coefficient of Dupont, you know, coming back like Robocop. I called it, I called it mate. Even yeah. if he doesn't play, his presence there on the bench is just going to be a little bit, you know, a little bit of spice if uh, if we see France go down at all. Ooh. I think it's fucked. I think it's fucked that he's back. Like, he's been cleared by medicine people. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. Yeah. But Matt, you did four years of like uh, med- medical science. What'd you do again? Yeah, but remember, I called it. I was like, he'll be back. Don't worry. Mm. The way this um, all black schedule is um, panned out, he's had like a month to rejuvenate his cheekbone. Yeah, but are you? if you see him take a big hit to the cheek, which in rugby is like... Likely. incredibly likely will you be Plus, not freaking out yeah you would be there's there's been a lot of chat recently about the legality of fins so how legal is a fin to the face yeah and it's 100 percent legal yeah as long as there's no like eye gouging or intentional um as long as it's open-handed it's fine and people are like fuck are south african forwards targeting dupont with a, yeah, a big fin be, to yeah. the face yeah. if, the dr- if, if the draw was fair and they were playing, like, if the draw was how it was supposed to be, they would be playing um, probably first seed in pool A. They'd be crossing over with, say, Fiji or um, Wales or maybe Argentina. Yeah. And yeah. you'd be like, oh, he'll sit out, France will deal with him. But yeah. because the draw is so fucked, he has yeah, to play yeah. this weekend. And you can't blame him because the pressure on these players, like, you got to wait yeah. four years if you lose. Yeah. And if they mm-hmm. and if they lose narrowly, you go like, oh, if only they had yeah, to especially. So, being at home as well puts even more pressure on them. Yeah, because it's possibly their last game of the tournament if they lose. And if they win, they could probably rest him in the semi. You know, with the way that this draw has been... Um, <laughs> yeah, well, they'll, they'll be crossing over with, um, I think, England or Fiji, I think. Yeah, that one, yeah, England-Fiji yeah. game winner. Yeah. Oh, man, that's true. England versus France in the semi, even though it's quite a lopsided on-paper um, situation, it's yeah. juicy. Yeah. Oh, so hun- juicy. The history, Napoleon. The one. What a perfect time for the Napoleon movie to be coming out. The 100-year... What was the 100-year war, England and France? Can't you remember. Can't remember. I don't know. I don't know anything about my um, <laughs> European history. The War of the Roses? Was that England versus... Fr- fuck, I can't nice England versus England. Was it? Yeah, Civil War. Ah, fuck. It shows was it Lancashire that, versus... Yeah. Who's the other one? Hampshire. Fuck yeah, Sanja. <laughs> I love this. Are you actually are you just making this up or you name no, it? No, no, because isn't that the whole thing about um, Sunderland versus Newcastle? I think that's mm. linked with that. Oh yeah, 
It is cool. It is cool the way sports teaches you a little bit of geography and a little bit of history. Oh, and yeah. flags. Show me a flag yeah, yeah, from anywhere in yeah. Europe. Because of football. You know it because of football, yeah. yeah. Probably. Especially the World Cups, they recognize it by the flags. Yeah. Well, I learned that um, uh, Tottenham is the Jewish team because I heard that Chelsea loves <laughs> singing racist, anti-Semitic mm. chants at Tottenham. Um, to fire up their fans, so yeah. How Tottenham are they the is, Jewish team? I think they the Jewish area might yeah North be London's in Tottenham's of, area yeah full of um, Jewish people. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. I didn't real I didn't realize this, but in um, uh, in Jewish communities, I learned this recently because my brother has been converting to the religion. You have a thing called um, the Wire. Actually, okay, I know no facts, and <laughs> yeah. all of this is wrong. I called it the Wire, but then when I said it to Jewish people, they're like, "It's got a name." <laughs> But what they, they literally, so in the religion, you need to live near the synagogue so you can walk to synagogue because you're not yeah. supposed to drive a car or do any work on oh, the holy right, days, yeah. which are on. You can't have any lights and shit, eh? Friday, Saturday. I suppose you could I've do seen, like, like public transport, um, can't you? There's quite a good little market because um, for products that de, uh, I don't know what you call it, or like they, if it's a product that Jews your home. So when can you, you wait, Matt? Can you just apologize right now and not use the expression <laughs> "Jews your home"? <laughs> Sorry, is, I don't know how to say it. No, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. It might be kosher's. Maybe I actually don't oh, yeah, know. Maybe, oh, maybe it's kosher. Jews um, your home. <laughs> I don't know what the term is, but it's definitely not Jews your home. Like it could be. Well, I'm very sorry if that's offensive. To like, imagine if it, imagine if it was mouldy, and you're like, "Mouldy's your home" or something like that. You'd never say. That. Matt would say that. Well, how would you say that then? Um, I, your... I don't know. Like, it makes your home culturally, religiously appropriate oh, yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh no, but for the way that the Jewish. I like uh, how you come back as. How would you say though? What other way am I supposed to say? It? What what other term could possibly be used? I don't know. As in, like a. No, like educate me, please. It was from a place of um... love. Uh, positivity, yeah. Please educate me. <laughs> um, okay. To yeah. kosherize your home, yeah. These products, um, like you can put these little um, covers over your light switches. There's a little device that stops your fridge light from turning on. Yeah. Um, like it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Like it's mm. fully like AliExpress, Alibaba, like huge industry. So no, no. So yeah, um, Fisher and Paykel, a famous New Zealand brand, actually is one of the good brands for this. Where I think. Maybe Fisher or Pike or both of them had Jewish heritage. Matt is now, by the way, sniffing Vic's, Vic's vapor rub out. Before he was just munching on a big. Every time I look back to Matt, he's doing something weird. Previously, he was munching to a big apple and not listening to what I was saying at all. Now he's just huffing Vic's vapor rub. Uh, I've got so much COVID, man. I'm so COVID. Yeah, next thing he'd be doing is chewing his home. <laughs> but like, um. Ugh. Uh, yeah, Fisher and Paykel, apparently, yeah. they have some sort of switch where you can make it. Um, so, yeah, the light doesn't come on on uh, religious holidays or something like that. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't quite understand this. But anyway, that, there's literally like a Jewish community. So in Sydney, uh, where my brother got married, the Jewish community is literally um, in Bondi, mm. which is cool. They chose the best fucking place. In Melbourne, St. Kilda, not quite as cool. But, um, you know, like they have an area and it's like within a wire and they actually have running around the um i think telephone wires they have like a, a wire and you want your house to be inside that zone and i can't remember why i'll try and learn more information from my brother so i can bring you more but this well, is yeah, something i don't that, understand it what's the wire i don't know there's just like a some sort of what's oh, some sort of religious significance of having like a a wire that protects your kind of area or your suburb you know how a like 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, what man. Are they, what are they mate, planning? When I went to church as a kid, they were like, okay, mate, it's time to, um, you've turned 14. All right, great. Time to drink Jesus' blood now. <laughs> and they poured out some wine and they gave it to us kids. It was fucking wild. Like religion is interesting. And, you know, like there's yeah. old traditions. I think the tradition though, think about this though. The tradition of all living in the same area and hanging out at the same church and having a social circle and being able to walk is fucking cool, yeah. right? Community. Like, I mean, w- w- I mean, we're, we're, actually, we're actually doing this via Zoom because of COVID, but like, Sanj lives in Mount Roscoe. I live in the city. Matt lives in Mount Eden. Like we all live in quite different areas. It's like, how cool would it be if we all live next to each other and could walk down to play soccer on Saturday? You know, mm. it's cool. I kind of wish. I my, my, part of my other dream is to set up my own church. We'll talk about that another <laughs> time. But um, yeah, why are we talking about J- the Jewish thing? You started it. Oh, Tottenham. Oh, Tottenham is a yeah, Jewish yeah. area in London, and it's probably oh, yeah. they're probably the wire or whatever the place where you want to live is um, in Tottenham. I'm guessing probably the. Um... Palestine Israel situations pretty fucked up at the moment. <laughs> Matt, we are not we, we we're not ready to comment on that. Sanjay, what are your hot takes on um no, Israel Palestine? No, I don't want to get into that. It's like, so sad, yeah, eh? It's it so sad. sad. Like I just, I just denounce violence on e- of any kind on any people. Mm. Good, good save, Matt. Yeah. You're really, you're really bringing it back. Yeah, yeah. From the Matt's G- like, let's make the pod spicy. <laughs> yeah. I um, I, I wrote down for the game that um, the pressure, the pressure on the players. Mm. Like, it really is interesting. It's like the Olympics. It's why, even though I normally advocate for the Rugby World Cup to be every two years, just because I think rugby in between World Cups is a little bit dull sometimes, just playing Australia all the time, but. I do think the the value of the Olympics and the Football World Cup and the um, uh, Rugby World Cup is that the pressure on the players is immense. It's like an injury ruins your life. Um, every four years, it's your, you've got one opportunity. DuPont can't fuck around. He can't wait till next year. He's yeah. got to get a plate in his mouth and get running again. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And it is really interesting now you see Instagram because you see the players just like, I saw um, Lester just at the fucking op shop on his Instagram. And I was like, Man, don't let my dad see this. He'll fucking lose his his nut, you know? Like, but like, I do think, I just, I mean, I I can't compare. I played high school basketball, but that was the highest level of like stressful game I played. And it was just like, even waiting a game for a day was hell. Like, Mm. you just sat in your hotel room watching whatever was on TV and just getting nervous for the game. And I was like, I can't imagine having a whole week to build up to this game. And you're like, it's so tiring as well, being nervous, being anxious. Yeah. It's really draining. Oh, yeah. I, can't, I mean, but to be fair, I would definitely swap places with them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's that thing. It's like, yeah, they're in a stressful situation, but they're very privileged to to be there. Yeah. It's, it'd be the greatest mm. moment of their life, even just to step on the field with their anthems being sung by <laughs> horrific little choir children. <laughs> but still, to be there, amazing. We watched. Uh, we've been watching the um, Beckham show on Netflix, yeah. though, and like. He got a, a a bad red card in a crucial game at what World Cup ninety nine ninety eight yeah and you know England hated him yeah. for like years because I remember yeah, I mean, that like yeah, it he was hated yeah. for like two years effectively yeah it wasn't handled very well by um, old Hoddle no. his coach yeah he definitely threw him under the bus yeah he did. yeah and you I don't think you'd ever get that now no or you know you wouldn't get it from a better manager yeah it's funny how um how then the players get revenge 10 years later by making their documentary. Like Michael Jordan did <laughs> the same thing. It's like, yeah, for this fucking thing they haven't in 1998, Hoddle must be watching it going, hey, all right, yeah. man, it wasn't my best day, but you don't yeah. fucking let it go. I wonder you if know? they asked them to be part of it. They must yeah, have. Yeah, I think they would have. 
he should have said yes. He should have fronted up yeah. and gone, yeah, I fucked up. But that was, you know, that was... Yeah, you, easy. And then you make yourself look cooler. But you see how yeah. successful Beckham's been since then. So he's in a position to do a documentary and shit on Hoddle. <laughs> Hoddle Unless, should come out with his own rival, <laughs> Doco. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Because uh, with these docos, you can rewrite the history. Yeah. But I will say um, the Beckham documentary, it is like a fairy tale love story right like you know like it's not often a celebrity couple lasts as long as those two have victoria Mm. and david beckham and um they are the cutest couple i just like i'd recommend that doco to anyone because it's more it's less about the football and more about just like the beautiful romance have you seen the rooney doco that i was watching on the plane that time no i remember matt (laughs) i don't know when we fly overseas like i i go through the netflix or whatever the the new zealand has and i can't find those but matt just we, we, there's always a Rooney doco, a Beckham doco, uh, a Messi doco. Like you always find this. Um, yeah. I don't know how we, I don't know this Rooney doco existed, but you found it. <laughs> yeah. What was that like? It was good. Well, I'm just um, comparing the relationship between him and his missus. Um, I mean, they survived <laughs> Rooney shagging <laughs> grandma prostitutes. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's a more uh, romantic story there. Even just, just even just the way um, David and uh, Victoria they just banter with each other on the doco, yeah, like yeah. the number of times where she's doing an interview and he'll poke his head in and like give her shit because yeah. she mm. talks about oh it's an amazing moment where she talks about I think it's episode two where she talks about growing up they both grew up working class first and David year. pokes his head in to go um, just remind us what car your dad drove and she won't say she won't yeah. say it eventually goes for a few years there he did drive a Rolls Royce <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Um. Uh. So yeah. Check out the, do- the. Okay. Anyway, what are we fucking talking about? We're talking about South Africa versus France. France. Yeah, Dupont. Dupont's back. Is Will that he wear we a have- mask? Is he gonna wear a mask? Who knows? Yeah. He probably yeah. will. He probably. I'm have looking to forward to what that looks like. Cheek somehow, or jaw. It better look cool. Or like maybe they just say Dupont's playing, and it's actually another person entirely, just hidden under a mask. <laughs> Just to bring the fear factor back, because maybe Dupont died. We don't know. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting thing I saw on Reddit today that may not matter at all. Because you know how you see things on Reddit, but they just don't exist in the real world. So you're like, I don't know if this has any credibility at all. Mm -hmm. But someone pointed out um, minutes played today. Did anyone else see that table? No. And um, it became very clear that um, France uh south africa especially south africa and new zealand have really rested their players um and rotated their players well yeah um whereas um uh ireland has not done that and ireland has played the most games by a mile now i've already talked about southern hemisphere versus northern hemisphere and how all the northern teams are favored but i'll say that um you know traditionally southern hemisphere teams win world cups and one of the factors i guessed at the start of this podcast was maybe it has something to do with the fact that it always happens at the end of the southern season rather than the start yeah um and uh yeah it'd be interesting to see whether the northern teams are like you know some would say france peaked maybe last year and are looking a little bit shakier now um ireland has played the most minutes by a mile to put it into context ireland have eight players who have played over 250 minutes whereas the all blacks don't have one um, wow. The South Africa only has two players that have played over 200 minutes. So mm. Ireland has run their team and kept their team as a unit a lot more cohesive than South Africa or New Zealand have. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard to know whether continuity or freshness 
are more important. Mm. Yeah. You know, because like you could argue that playing minutes keeps your fitness and gains fitness um, compared to, hey, are you well rested? Because like, yeah, the All Blacks have, they haven't really been tested since the France game. No. At all. So, and it's kind of hard like to reach, maybe they're doing it in training, to reach that level of, of like um, competitive intensity. And it's definitely, there's a case there to worry about it being a shock to the All Blacks. So you could say yeah. the same with the, Ireland Daily, that one game that we yeah. tested as well. Oh, they had Scotland, where they, no. they turned on for the first yeah, 30 but, minutes. And then we're like, hey, we're very good. Also, also Tonga is in a... Um... Tonga is not an easy game. Like Tonga is a lot harder than Italy, oh, yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Like even just even just like their work rate and their intensity. Like Tonga is a scary team. I to think play. the thing is Italy was meant to be as good as Tonga. You would have thought. Yeah. Eh? And they didn't end up. They were as bad as Namibia and Uruguay at the end. Because yeah. New Zealand's entry has been very weird. Like mm. two bad losses, and then they've just given three hidings yeah. to terrible teams. <laughs> Um, Ireland, I'd say, have have had a slightly more yes. um, structured run, and, and maybe they are intentionally drilling their team. As you said, Matt, they've got good continuity, and they actually mm. got through the first three games injury unscathed, mm. and it wasn't until the Scotland game where they started. I think James Lowe has an eye thing, yeah. and a few other Kiwi players have, uh, sorry, Irish players, have some um, Freudian slip there, have some um, <laughs> some niggles. But um, Ireland, like, it's, only time will tell. I think... Um, the narrative has always been in the all black and South Africa way is, is rest. Cause it's like so physical and so intense, but um, you've also got to get ready for that intensity and South Africa in that case have a combination of, they have had an intense game against Ireland, but also they are more rested than any other team. So it's yeah. like, will they unleash the full mm. power and the, the way they use subs and stuff like that? Mm. Well, they call it the bomb squad or the nuke squad. I, I hate the bomb squad. What the fuck is the bomb squad? I don't get it. This is a big scrum. Is a bomb. I don't know. Yeah, I guess they just do a, a complete subs of the of the front row and the or the whole scrum, eh? But like, why? What does it have to do with bombs? I think of bombs as high kicks or yeah, bombs I'm not sure. as like explosion. I don't know the history of the word. Because like, what about a truck? Like, could it be a lorry or a freight train? Sanjay, do you know what bomb squad no, means? Really? Before? No, you, you've no. You've heard, heard you, of bomb squad? Even I've heard of that. You must have put the wood on people. <laughs> You've definitely heard of this. Oh, look, I'm searching it up. Yeah. Sanjay, you can't just go quiet. This is an audio-based podcast. <laughs> Don't pretend like your fucking microphone isn't working. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Uh, should we move on? To, should we move on to it? We've got two more yeah. games to go. I mean, less less exciting games. Oh, it's, yeah. Different? Sorry, it's just the the group of six massive forwards. Uh, are just known as the bomb squad. Yeah, see, so when they no come on, reason they're just called squad. the bomb yeah. squad. The reinforcements. It's time to bring the bomb squad on. Yeah, but I. Why don't you call them like the? I don't know. Like, okay, what's a big powerful thing that comes on? Elephant does. Yeah, the yeah, elephants. The battering yeah. rams. The battering rams. Yeah. The is it ele- are the elephants? Is that what happens in um, Lord of the Rings? They bring out the elephants. That's an oliphant. Oliphant. What's it? Mm. What? Isn't it? That's what they're called. Timothy on we font that actor. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So what in Lord of the Rings they call elephants oliphants? No, they're big elephants. Called oliphants. I guess so. Yeah, okay. Where's Snuffleupagus? Where's he in this? <laughs> what is Snuffleupagus? He's an imaginary He's a friend of um Big Bird. Only Big Bird can see him. 
That's yeah. weird because all of the Sesame Street people are imaginary, aren't they? No. Nah. They're oh. real in their world, apart from Snuffleupagus. <laughs> That's funny. Um, oh, yeah. He also, he also like Snuffleupagus, is he kind of like depression? Like he talks like, oh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if he's. That's yeah. Eeyore. Oh, yeah. Is Eeyore a metaphor for depression? Maybe. I think each one of them has been uh, is a metaphor for a different type of mental disorder. So what's Oscar the Grouch? Just trash. (laughs) Wait, no, that's... We're mixing Winnie the Pooh and Sesame Street. Yeah. Two different things. Yeah. I think Eeyore is depression. Tigger is like ADD. Mm. Piglet is anxiety. Uh, What's the other one? Winnie the Pooh. Winnie. Winnie the Pooh is obesity or something, maybe? I don't know. (laughs) Binge eating? (laughs) No, this is not... No, I don't know. I got three in and I was like, shit, I don't know what the others are. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, all right, maybe. I'm pretty sure know. someone's been saying that, though. Yeah, I mean, and we all have all of those things inside us as well. Um, and isn't that some good mental health chat? Expect to have some good feedback about our mental health chat uh, so next time. Do you want to talk about Matt's favourite team, England, versus your favourite <laughs> team, Fiji? Woo, boy. Fiji have also played huge minutes and... It's understandable because they have uh, had to, you know, like had to fight to qualify after, you know, mm-hmm. a big scares. Like they only kind of scraped it yeah. in the end. They actually finished on the same amount of points as Australia and only got through on the head to head, I believe. Yeah. Um, but Fiji, like, again, this game, the power of Jesus will compel them and lift them. Like I, I said to Sanjay, um, I was in Fiji um, during the build-up, and every day they had on the news, it was just like, in an hour bulletin, I love the Fijian news, it was basically the rugby team the entire hour, and it was all footage of them at their training camp, but all they were doing at the training camp was um, stretching and doing um, prayer, and there was a lot of prayer. It was like basically an hour of highlights okay. of the Fijian team doing prayer, and they have the How power of prayer? Jesus within them. Uh, there's a lot of prayer, yeah. Oh, and Sanju- no, running up yeah, sand dunes as well. Yeah, yeah. Like the Warriors, you got to do a lot of sand dunes running because you never. You, who can forget that when they get to sixty minutes, um, they the, both teams have to go for a run up the sand dunes, and Fiji will be ready for that. Can you imagine that sixty minutes? Um, in England, are, I don't know, a couple of points ahead, and then Fiji announce a substitution. Uh, Jesus, <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> and Jesus um, is ripped as fuck because he's been doing the sand dune running as well. <laughs> Well, um, speaking of Jesus, uh, Matt, the rumor is, and this could be English media clickbait, but the rumor that last time I saw is that uh, F- Feral, what's his name, Feral or Farrell, will be playing Farrell. over Ford's potential. Farrell. Yeah, so that's the that's the leaked thing from the Daily Mail. They're saying Ford's right. going to be dropped to the bench, which is madness. The way you beat Fiji is you kick the shit out of them. Yeah. You slow the game down, and you drop goal the shit. From 50 meters. You just do what they do against I, Argentina, right? You, yeah, you can't play Fiji like Fiji play. It, uh, it makes me so nervous. I hope it's just like a big farce and Ford's just there just sinking, sinking threes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I hope that is not the case. Um, I mean, for your narrative coefficient, you've got to be like, I know you're supporting England, but Fiji has to have a stronger narrative coefficient than England. Because, like... England, even if they do beat Fiji, you've got to be like, they're going to be lambs to the slaughter probably against France. Mm. Whereas Fiji, like, I don't know, if they beat England, you're like, oh, I guess I guess you'd probably expect them to get crushed by France as well. But, you know, like, yeah. 
part of me is believing in i mean it depends how fiji plays if fiji looks good against england you're like oh let those boys go if they're if they go out there and play like they kind of have in the last three games up and uh, since they played australia sorry the last two games if they play the fight against georgia or portugal maybe fuck them but if they can harness that fiji magic yeah. that jesus magic then who knows anything's possible yeah i just i'm so this is like i don't know if it's my heart saying that this is probably the easiest game to call yeah out of the four i uh, still just like that um leaked announcement of the squad is i'm just like both what are you up to man yeah just go out there play like england bore the shit out of the fans yeah and get to the semi-final against france <laughs> But can't Farrell do that as well? Like he's a very good kicker as well, right? He is. He's got different aspects to his game. Like he's not like the pure first five. Yeah. Um. He's got a little bit more to his game. You know, he he's maybe rather than being, um, a master of. No, what was it? He's a jack of all trades, master of none, maybe. Well, w- wouldn't the counter argument to it be that like, um, if you're gonna play Fiji, you just need to make your penalties and defend like hell. And like, he'd be yeah. a much stronger defensive player. I mean, he yeah, but he'll also play fucking shoulder barge someone in the face, won't he? Yeah. He'll get sent off. Mm. Like George Ford's just good at just being a little general. That's his yeah. vibe. He comes, he comes our squad and just drop goals. <laughs> like I just want some drop goals. I really need to just absolutely mentally decimate the Fijians. Yeah, I know that sounds horrible because I'd love Fiji to go further, but you know when when your own team is playing, when your heart is on the line, you got to go with your heart, man. Why do we think of Fiji's black kit with the pink ferns? Because normally I love weird alternates. I love pink, um, or whatever it is. But I was like, it's kind of a shame because both teams are yeah, traditionally white. in white, and so one has to wear their alternate strip. But mm-hmm. I, everyone's frothing over that Fiji kit. I don't see it. I don't see the. I like it. The passion for it. You like it? Yeah, looks good. Looks cool. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Sanjay. If it looks cool, yeah. it's good. Maybe I've just got. I got weird. I got weird views on aesthetics, so maybe I don't know. Yeah. Sanjay, I'd what say do you think? Like it could be cooler. It feels like they've just missed it. You I know? think it's as good as it can be. <laughs> I do, I, I do, I do. <laughs> Thank you for that analysis, Sanjay. They've reached maximum goodness on that. Um, I, 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 there's something we said for like, I mean, Matt brought this up before. It's like, it's not. How often do you remember? Maybe you don't, but do you remember like teams doing well in their alternate strip? Like, it is a big disadvantage. I can't, I can't think of football examples. But when Brazil lifts the lifts the football World Cup. Mm they're lifting it in the yellow jersey. You know, when the All Blacks yeah. lift the Rugby World Cut, they're lifting oh, it in black. England, um, England. in 1966, yeah. won it in the red. Beautiful red cut. Ooh, okay. Okay, so since... Okay, yeah, that's a great example, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that's probably the early time an alternative kit won, like, a World Cup. Yeah, I has think. it never happened in rugby before? No, they normally wear the... Like, um, All Blacks, 2011, yeah, black, black. Um, France were men to wear blue and the All Blacks were men to wear white, but France offered to That's right. To let the Bad All Blacks mistake. wear the black in the final. I think that was good. Mm. I think that was good. Not when the oh. World Cup's on the line. Yeah. Just go for the win, bro. Yeah. But, like, I, but I do you reckon the colour of the jersey is going to affect the win? It does. Okay. For sure. I think there's been studies... And they say that teams that wear red win more often. 
And also, um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you got to pull that out. This is like when you said breathing in candles was bad, and then <laughs> provided no evidence. Um, no, but color do color does influence the way uh, it shapes our world, right? It's just a fact. No, okay, no, Did you know? no, no. Hey, here's like, an interesting you're just, this is the biggest load of bullshit. Color shapes our world. That's like saying wind shapes our world. Like, color is everywhere. What do you mean it shapes our world? Um, in the way that we feel about things. You know, like, blue makes you feel cold and sad. Red is energy and anger. Like, there are reasons. The way that our brain is wired, um, it's to help us understand and perceive the world. Yeah, but right? every country has its different, like, in China, it's not, I don't think red is anger, right? In China, red is, like, wealth and yeah, vitality, yeah. right? It depends what country you're in. Is how yeah, it, which could be likened to, like, victory. You know, like, um, human brains are all basically the same. Yeah. And, yeah, culturally, there are, like, some subtle differences. Did you know that apparently... So I watched a quite cool. Look, video mate, you can't day. be busting out another stat after the no, last. This is kind of about colors. Color shapes our this world. This is about colors. So <laughs> okay. the more words that your language and your culture have to describe a color, the better you can perceive that color. So um, we have we can quite clearly discern between green, yellow, and blue, but countries and cultures that don't have um, specific language that identifies each kind of um, grade of color on the, on the color wheel yeah. can't identify those colors as easy yeah. as we can. So there's yeah. a connection between the brain, um, between the language and between the visual cortex. So the more words we have to describe blue, the more shades of blue we can discern and the quicker we can do it. And it's, it's how cool is that? <laughs> okay. Does what that make sense? Yeah, vaguely. What countries don't have many words? So to they, the blue? example they used was uh, a country in Africa. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but they don't have as many words for blue, right? Yeah. Um, and we, like there was this basic test. It was like, here's six colors. Um, most of them are green. One of them's blue. And for someone of my culture and my language, I was easily able to go, oh yeah, that one's blue. The rest are green. And yeah. then they did another test. And all of them looked yellow to me. Uh, and it said, uh, which one's different? And I was like, fuck, I have no idea. Yeah. And then the, the description was, well, this culture in this part of the world can easily identify the difference here. And it's because they have words yeah. that help separate the colors. So not only do the, um, the language helps our brain um, boost the contrast between colors that are perceived to be almost identical without that um, language. Like, okay. So, okay, yeah, I, I like that. So in Africa, they they emphasize more on the yellows, the reds, and the greens, whereas in uh, uh, European countries, it's more red, white, and blue. I'm not sure if those are the specific examples, but yeah, you can you can understand that in the way. I, I think it is amazing that um, America somehow managed to claim red, white, and blue when they're probably the you know like they're probably in terms of countries that can claim those three colors, they're probably number five. If you go well, France is famous for the red, white, and blue. And then mm. like, like, uh, UK. Well, mm. Netherlands, the UK, like red, white, and blue is used almost in every country's flag. Yeah. And America would be long down the list of countries mm -hmm. that actually, uh, were lining up to claim those three colors. Mm -hmm. Um, but back to your red thing. I remember in the nineties, there was just a stereotype that all the good teams were red. Uh, you go Canterbury rugby, Chicago bulls, Manchester United, Ferrari, 
like yeah. every team, Ferrari. even Ferrari, Ferrari, <laughs> Ferrari um, but, but now, now the 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 magic colors would be um fucking Red Bull, like dark blue, yeah, yellow, and red, red or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it's like it's like Ferrari now is like a joke of a Formula One team almost. Like you know, like I mean, I know they're still probably top three or big three, but they're not. They're not good. Look, the Chicago Bulls have been so good many. Since. As the man of science, I feel um, completely unsupported here. There's yeah. so many studies that say color can influence your performance. And so here's the biggest reason that Give us one study. <laughs> I know you've got uh, so many. Sanjay's okay. wearing red. He's wearing Sanjay's wearing an LA Clippers yeah. shirt. Yeah. LA Clippers, the LA Clippers is one of the worst uh basketball teams in NBA history. Sanjay, do you support Matt's idea while he's Googling there? What, what do you think of colors? I think it's more colours that you associate with rather than the colour itself. Like the all yeah, blacks like, are like what's the right word motivated by wearing the you know all black jersey because it's traditional all black colors, not just because it's black. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that's yeah. You could argue that that um, whatever color has been perceived to be successful mm. becomes successful because you're wearing it. Um, but. So one of the examples I'm using that doesn't use how you feel about it is wearing gray makes you hard to see. Mm, so that's, okay. that's the first. I remember like famously there's, you know, I think I feel like I've talked about this on a previous podcast. No. Where um, Man United were like halfway through a game. Oh, yeah, you did mention that. a horrific gray top. And they had to yeah. swap at halftime. I mean, they still lost, but they couldn't see each other <laughs> on the field. And that's like yeah. a really basic way that color can influence how you play yeah. and like yeah. island island kits are like very similar to the grass yeah especially you know and obviously they don't play um looking at the grass because you know we see that because of the camera mm. yeah um but have you noticed sometimes like the the advertising boards on the side yeah are the they especially when you're playing away from home it's like a conspiracy theory i have um whenever an away team is playing i feel like the ad boards flick to their colors and just, you know, just to unsettle them, just to, like, camouflage that team for a little bit and fuck up the <laughs> okay. performance. Okay, but there's, yeah. yeah. There's ways that you can improve your performance. And, like, remember when we play, like, um, nighttime football? And when we play in kits, like, dark kits, and yeah. suddenly we're invisible to each other? Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah. The, the dudes playing in highlighter can see and they smash us. Well, it is interesting because you'd say bl- if grey's a disadvantage, you'd assume black is probably a disadvantage too, but the All Blacks have had no problem playing in it over the years. Mm-hmm. I mean, your your brain obviously probably adjusts. Like if Man United trained all year in grey, they'd probably figure it out eventually. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess red red would be a bad color for. What'd be the best color for color blindness? Would red be good? Like I thought red is one of the colors. Red and green is what color blind people struggle with. Wouldn't yeah. it just be white? Be the yeah. best. Strong yeah, contrast. Yeah. Well, well, white has a strong sports connotation as well. Like. Um, you know, Real Madrid, mm. Leeds United, the mm. All Whites. Cricket. Maybe not quite the exact cricket. I don't know. <laughs> Matt, have cricket. you found, are you desperately Googling? Have you found anything? Or oh, no, I found on? like, I found one with re, uh, with references and and an abstract. Yeah, okay. What is the, um, so what what is what is the basic con- uh, thesis? Uh, signals biologically attributed to red coloration in males may operate in the area of combat sports. 
Apparently the red um the red red rag to a bull is bullshit and it's just like yeah it's just what the um bulls are actually colorblind and it was just it's the movement yeah, of it the, the, they the use movement. red because it looks exciting but the bull actually can't that's one tell. of those famous facts eh, that everyone knows yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Bulls are actually colorblind yeah we were talking about that last week it's just yeah one of those things that yeah um here we go nothing compared so, to you is actually a print song <laughs> I've gone to the abstract um blah 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 blah. Across a range of sports, we find that wearing red is consistently associated with a higher probability of winning. These results indicate not only that sexual selection may have influenced the evolution of human response to colors, <laughs> but also that the color of sportswear needs to be taken into account to ensure a level playing field in sport. So that's just like, that's the first. Who, who, who's account. your source? Who, who's the source there? This is uh, Russell A. Hill and Robert A. Barton. At what um, university? Uh, this is published in 2005, so there might be some... University of Hard new, Knocks, I think. New evidence. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, But there yeah, must, there's some stuff there. Is it just two guys have just shed out this paper? I mean, normally it's attributed to, like, I don't know, some sort of school, like University of Arizona. Like, uh, I don't know how you see that. Canterbury University. Normally you'd write it on the paper where they're from. Anyway, okay. Oh, here we go. Um, University of Durham in the UK. Oh. Evolutionary Sounds... anthrop- Anthropology Research Group. Oh, well, I'm convinced. Um, it sounds pretty good. One more game to go. Yeah. Oh, mildly interesting thing that interested me, and Matt, you might know about this as well. Um, I never thought about all the rugby refs. I mean, one South African, but there's a Kiwi, mm. there's like an English ref, and mm-hmm. uh, somewhere else. Like, they're French. all English speaking. And mm. I realized that rugby is universally English. I mean, it's mm. a British colonial sport, right? And we're just talking about, like, like, besides Argentina and Japan, probably all the other teams speak fluent English. Mm. Um, so I was going to ask, I was like, it's so fascinating when you think of, like, big football teams, like, especially the Spanish ones, where, like, obviously Spanish would be the first language, but then they have a lot of English-speaking players, a lot of yeah. Eastern European players, a lot of Portuguese, Brazilian-speaking, mm. sorry, uh, Brazilians who speak Portuguese players. Um, how does a team that has a bunch of players from different countries communicate um that's kind of fascinating in rugby or any sport no in soccer like so say you're turning up to real madrid practice half the players don't speak the same language yeah, right? is there, I think, um kane has suffered from that so going from tottenham over to germany mm-hmm. he doesn't speak german at all and he's found that you know at tottenham he was the captain so he was the one who would argue and talk with the ref yeah when he went over to germany all the refs speak german mm-hmm. Uh, there was a call that went against him or the team and he went up to the ref and started speaking English and the ref's just like, I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> and Kane was like, fuck, I need to learn German. This yeah. is crazy. So it's, I think, it's, yeah, it does take a while. You do have to acclim- acclimate yourself, acclimatize it's, yourself. It's one of the, um, it's one of the, like the most obvious examples I've found of like what, there's a lot of ways that white supremacy affects my life, but like whenever I go overseas, I just always assume that English is going to be spoken mm. and you're kind yeah. of taken aback where in Japan, like obviously all the Japanese people who come to New Zealand speak some level of English, but you realize a lot of people in Japan don't speak English yeah. and it's like, it's like not that common. And mm-hmm. it's just cause mm-hmm. um, yeah, if you go to India, there'll be a wide range of English speaking, yeah, but there's yeah. a lot of countries that are like, get fucked or in Spain. They're like, yeah, they just hate you. And they're just like, get fucked yeah. Uh, yeah. in France. They go out of their way. Even if they can speak English, they're like, go fuck yourself. They do. I th- yeah. Any country where tourism is the expert expert is the export. Then yeah, English is fine. But anywhere else they're like, eh, fuck you. Yeah, I will say this though. Um, did you know um, that France is the most visited country in the world by tourism numbers? Yeah. Is it? 
that shocks that's what my little ad, ad fact and i don't know what number that is i think just pure number of tourists but you'd assume america just because it's so big um that's great like per one. capita yeah what's the i think it's that? i think it's just total number of foreign just raw numbers per, wow. yeah i think but when you think about it like they're accessible from all of europe via train so you get you get people from switzerland yeah. just popping over the border, uh, yeah. border and does stuff. it count if they're just a thoroughfare to somewhere else I, I just thought it was interesting. Paris is the most visited city, yeah. which is which kind of makes wow. sense. It's a huge yeah. city, but um, and popular, but like yeah. Paris sucks in winter, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was just that's kind of one of my interesting facts I pull out. Nice. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, one more game to touch on. Not that we've really touched on those last two very comprehensively. <laughs> Wales versus Argentina. Sanjay, kick us off. Throw in your hospital pass here. No, I've like said before. I think um, yeah, it's Argentina's time. I think they've improved since they had the shocker against England, but they've slowly improved each time. And they played attacking rugby against um, Japan, but also Wales have played pretty attacking rugby. I mean, when they bet uh, Fiji, they're playing pretty open, expansive rugby as well. And when so, they smashed Australia. So I think it might be like a second game, just like um, Japan-Argentina, this Argentina-Wales game might be maybe actually the most open free-flowing game of the whole quarters mm. okay yeah so it could be a, a, a sneaky one where you're like this could be the, actually the one to watch yeah, in terms of just being wise, a neutral yeah because yeah. they both be, be playing pretty like yeah fast attacking rugby through the whole stage yeah apart from yeah when Argentina because you you yeah. shook me a little bit I, I would have been betting the house on Wales I did not see Argentina uh, Matt how, how do you feel about that about what about Wales versus Argentina, I don't know. Sanjay just came out and said it's Argentina's time, and I was just that kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, it's one of those ones where it's fifty-fifty for me. Argentina definitely look improved, and Sanjay's right in saying that they look bloody good. But Wales have also shown that they've they can play well. Mm. It's yeah, it's that's why this World Cup is suddenly so exciting again. Because everything, it feels like everything's 50-50. Every game is almost much what must watch, I reckon. Yeah. It's brutal as us. Like, are we going to wake up for the 4 a.m. games? Uh, I mean, we could like start them at 6, like watch them as a replay. And oh, I like do, that. Just do a constant, you know, mm. then four hours of constant rugby excellence. Yeah. That, that could kind of work. Yeah. You, I could get tired, though. I, I need, like... um some energy drinks or something yeah. to like wake me up. That's I like that idea though. Start at six. Yeah, that's much smarter. Six. Have a little cheeky break at. at uh, the maybe you want to start. Yeah, maybe start at quarter to six. Oh no! Oh, you can skip half time. Yeah. It, it, it does. It does piss me off. I'm like, I wish they did four games in four days. Like, it does annoy me that they're doing two games yeah, yeah. in two days. Like, I get it for competitive. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about that before. I, I love it. It's like um, in the football world cup, they have like three games a day. I love but it. No, and I watch them all. Oh no, 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 no! But that's because they've got so many games to fit through. I'm saying once you're down to the final four games, yeah, go boom, boom, boom. Because nah. what? Because no, no, nah. Matt. For the last three weeks, we've basically known what the games are going to be, with the exception of yeah. Japan or Argentina, or if Fiji yeah. fucks up. So it's like we've been talking about, you know, Greg or Paul's writing these fucking articles about Ireland having foreign-born players, and you're like. Yeah. We, you know, rugby, there's nothing. It's feast or famine. And then all of a sudden for two days, we've got too much rugby. Yeah. And then we're back to famine again until the next semi-finals. Nah, I love it. I just want to, you just want to like, I'm a type of binge. I'm a feast or famine kind of dude. Yeah. Like, just give it to me all now. Like, if I'm in that zone, 
give it to me. Especially like if I watch England and they lose, I want to quickly get over that with another hit of dopamine of the other rugby game. Yeah. You know, okay. you don't want to wallow for 24 hours. Okay. Well, this, game, uh, this, like, this World Cup's been going on for way too long. Let's, well, let's jump into, um, let's jump into predictions then. Mm. Um, okay. I mean, let, I've actually written mine down. Oh, yeah. Mine are pretty wild. Why? Where do we? Where do you want to start? I, I don't know, so I can prove to myself that I haven't changed. Let's do I don't reverse, want to. I don't reverse order to what we talk. So, Wales feed uh, Wales Argentina first. So I want to hear head. I want to see what you would gamble on if you had five thousand mm. dollars, and what you think in your heart you're going to pick. That's what I want to hear. Oh yeah. Do I need to write it down? I'd... Maybe. I, I. I don't know. I. I, I don't know why. So you wait. What prove. is it? Head and heart. So it's who you want to win. And who you think? Not not so much who you like, who you think is going to win, but who you would bet on if you were like being like coldly calculated and you wanted to just try and make money mm. or try and, and not, those are different not lose money in your mind. Oh yeah, maybe maybe I'm mental, but for example, um, the All Blacks game, I would definitely I'm definitely picking the All Blacks for my prediction. But I would if if you gave me five thousand dollars to gamble, I'd definitely put it on Ireland. You know? Yeah. Okay. So. So let's start. Let's start with Wales versus Argentina, yeah. and I would say, um, in my in my heart, I'm picking um, Wales versus by twenty. Um, but if I'm oh, going you want to, to do points as well, okay. huge huge win. I was just I was throwing that in there because I'm I'm talented, but um, you don't have to be out. You might not be on that kind of level, you know. Um, and if I was going to um, bet money though, I'd bet by Wales Wales by less than seven. Mm. Mm. I'd go um, Argentina both. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're just you're just locking in Argentina. Yeah. Okay. Um. And and does it? Do you want to put a scoreline in there or nah? No. Uh, maybe around nine to you know, possibly eight nine points. Okay. All right. Argentina, interesting. I, I, I guess I guess that first game just coloured me. Yeah, yeah, they have kind of seemingly come right and shaken off the cobwebs. Um, Matthew, would you like to make a prediction? Um, I go Wales with my. Is it heart or head? Heart. Wales heart by fifteen. Wales money fifteen. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I'm the only crazy person. All right. Well, who do you think? Uh, well, I said, I said, no, I, I just, I don't know why I, I thought those two things might be different. But in the All Blacks game, they would definitely be different. Okay, Fiji, Fiji versus England. How are we going, Matt? Kick us off. Uh, England with my head, with my heart, eighteen points. Yeah. And then with money, England by five. Ooh. So I would, if if I was going uh, heart, I'm going to say Fiji by two, and then um, yeah, if I was gonna, if I was gonna bet money, I'd probably put. I probably put it all on to England. England by more than um, more than seven. Um, yeah, S- Sanjay. Let's say heart Fiji five, but head England twelve. Yeah, yeah, okay. Whoo, uh, yeah. I, I'd, you'd be hard to bet against England there, but you know, just come on, Fiji, do it. Just love to think of like what the reaction would be on the island. It would it'd burn down. Mm. Fiji will burn down if they. Oh, have another coup to celebrate. <laughs> um, uh, Matt, uh, yeah. go South Africa versus France. Kick us off, kick us off again. You're a good oh, wait, I haven't done. I haven't done that one. Sorry. Okay. 
<laughs> he's doing them live. You're like, well, let's just get part of he's the live thought process. Too much Vicks vapor of okay. <laughs> what oh, live? What are you thinking? Savica versus Savica versus France. Uh, you've got five thousand dollars. Where are you betting it? Oh, we're doing money first. Okay, no, you can I mean, whatever, it. man. I'll do my heart first. Yeah, I go France by eleven. Yeah, that's with my heart and with money. Uh, fuck with money, it's hard, isn't it? I'd say money, South Africa by five. Because I was thinking about this a lot, and it's hard to shake out the Southern Hemisphere supremacy. Mm. Like, it's hard to see South Africa and New Zealand losing. But you're like, man, if you were, yeah, it's like this, this, the statistics and like I don't know form would say that potentially all the South the Southern Hemisphere teams can go out, but we still just have that idea that. Savica yeah. and New Zealand are that great. Sanjay, what do you got for that game? Uh, maybe Hart, South Africa by three, but head France by six. Which yeah. one's the money one? The France. Just because yeah, they're at oh, home. Yeah. Mm. I'm going South Africa by less than six. Close game for both of them. Um, okay, the big daddy of them all. Ireland versus the All Blacks. Mm. Matt's going to be interesting on this one. Maybe we save him to the end. Sanjay, you kick us off. What are your predictions in this massive game? Uh, all Blacks 24, the head of the All Blacks by Disgusting. 4. Oh, so you still you still think the All Blacks yeah, are going to win? Yeah, narrowly, if, though. If, 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 if I took $5,000 out of your bank account right now yeah. and said you got to bet this, you'd still bet it on the All Blacks. Just because the history of the All Blacks winning... I mean, they've made every quarterfinal and they've won eight of them. They've only lost the one against um, France. And there was Wayne Barnes, the mm-hmm. explanation I gave before. No, haven't they lost two quarterfinals no. or was it a semifinal? No, they've only What was lost... 99? That was semi. Ah, my, my apologies, my apologies. Um, we're excited for Matt. He's dressed like Koala Deville. He's got this huge black, like, <laughs> kind of like, I'd say probably fur coat, probably made out of, like, dead puppies on. <laughs> And it's he's got his face is illuminated like he's under he's under a fucking candle or something. Yeah, don't know. why is it so much lighter where you guys are? It's crazy. We live in the same <laughs> city. The We're next open. to the windows. Yeah. Okay, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say if you gave me, um, if if you asked me right now for my genuine prediction about the game, I would say All Blacks are gonna cr- cream them by twenty. They're gonna break Irish hearts. They're gonna oh. shatter the narrative. However, Matt, don't Matt, I'm an idiot. Don't think that my predictions are good but when you like when you say your predictions same as sanjay just makes me cringe because i'm just like it'd be the worst thing for rugby world cup well here's the thing if you gave me five grand and go guy this is your money and you're gonna lose it if you bet wrong i would bet i would be on um ireland by less than less than nine i'd go i'd go ireland i'd bet my money on them all day but my official prediction is all blacks all blacks big i know that sounds mental but i am i'm mental Hit us up, Matt. Final predictions. Yeah, I've just got Ireland for both of them. Ireland by 10 and money, Ireland by 11. <laughs> <laughs> how did you How did you make that um, one point difference there? How did you figure that out? Uh, I don't know. Just 11 is my lucky number. Yeah. And I'm Irish worried. Lucky. Yeah. The luck of like the Irish. No, I mean, any, I mean I just can't, oh, anything I can't. can happen, though. Like oh. I said, yeah, I hate that. I hate. I would hate if the All Blacks won 
by fucking heaps. It's just the worst. Can I just threaten the uh, challenge the narrative of the Irish being lucky? I'd say they're one of the most fucking unlucky countries the world's ever seen. Like in terms <laughs> of like from the potato famine to the troubles through their football team can't even qualify for the <laughs> football world cup because mm. of fucking stuck in Europe to their rugby team never making it out of a quarter final. I'd say they're mm. the most unlucky yeah. fucks I've ever. It's like almost like an it must be an ironic joke the luck of the yeah. Irish, right? They're the most unlucky bastards. They're up there with fucking Somalia in terms of terrible luck in their history. Mm. Um, uh, okay. So I just think of mental health. I don't want to do a big mental health chat, but I'll just throw it out there that New Zealand famously crumbles when we lose rugby oh. games. And I think we're more prepared this year. Like everyone has been on the Fozzie roller yeah. coaster. Um, so, so are prepared for a loss. But I just think of like, when I think of my childhood and I think of like non-family deaths or something like traumas that like news events that traumatized me in my childhood, there's three. There is 9-11, the death of Princess Diana. That was a big deal mm. for some reason. I don't fucking know why, but I'll never forget where I was when I found out Princess Diana died. And also the All Blacks losing a quarterffinal loss to France in 1999. No, I have, I've had friends in 2007. 2007? No, 1999. We did it twice. 99 was, was the... It was a semi, wasn't it? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Fuck, I don't know. 1999. I will was... never forget <laughs> when we lost the quarterfinal, which we actually won. Yeah, no, 1999 is the one that really traumatized me. I was I was numb to the pain after 2003, 2007. I was numb. I didn't really care. But I had yeah. friends that went into a deep depression. I worry about the state of the nation if I we feel do like we, go we down. Won't, um, back then, New Zealand had zero internet. We had zero anything. Rugby was all we had. <laughs> mm. You know what I mean? So losing yeah. the losing the Rugby World Cup, the only thing that happens to New Zealand every four years, mm. it was devastating. But yeah. now we've got so much stuff going yeah. on. We've got unlimited access to high-definition pornography. <laughs> you know? So it's it's pretty easy for all those sad dudes to just get their dopamine hits. Nice. What else do we have what else do we have going on besides um besides the high speed pornography? No, I think because we've won two since then. I mean, we only had yeah, one, just watch one them on replay. before, like, 99 and 2007. So every time we lost, it was devastating. But we've won two since, so, like, even last World Cup. I mean, it was annoying we lost, but we weren't as devastated because we've, you know, already won two in a row before then. Check on your – check if the All Blacks do lose, check on your friends because mm. I've still got people that I'm worried about oh, and yeah. how they'll react to this. <laughs> Um, but one little bit of positivity is even if New Zealand loses, James Lowe wins. And, you know, Ireland, I think, even if they do beat us, they will again become our second team. Again, I think it was that same fucker. What's the name of the guy? Um, Gregor Paul. Yeah. I think he wrote a similar article about us now hating Ireland or it was just the New Zealand Herald in general. Yeah. Not true. And I think it would take three days to recover, but I think New Zealand would get behind Ireland to go all the way. Yeah. They become everyone's what, second um, favorite team again, and then we can what focus on the, the cricket. Ugh, who cares about that? Um, what about the um, the the pattern that All Blacks haven't lost when national and government? Yeah. So if the election changes the government, yeah. Well, I mean, the election is happening on the Saturday. Do we have yeah. a government decision quick enough to help the All Blacks win the World Cup? <laughs> and is it I... worth three years of national? to get the All Blacks to win. Are we I cool f- with that? I'm glad you brought that up. I fucking hate that um, that, that your yeah, national has been lucky enough to be in when the All Blacks have been good. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I if I was late, because Labour gets to choose when their fucking election is. Yeah. Ch- choose a date 
Uh, go go like oh fuck we're doing we're down in the polls maybe if the All Blacks win it'll get us back yeah, up in the yeah. polls. So I don't know why they chose this fucking yeah, date, December but anyway, she picked that date, didn't she? She picked the date and then yeah. bounced. <laughs> Later. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, it's 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 traumatic for all of New Zealand. I'm worried for the election and I'm worried for the rugby team. Would you do that though, guy? If you had the power to choose, no, either, I would definitely... either national or the All Blacks win <laughs> the World Cup. I would definitely choose. Um, uh, wait, wait. wait. Well, you... you worded that in a weird way. You mean you mean either have uh, Labor Greens get reelected or yep. or national? I'd definitely choose Labor Greens. But then the All Blacks lose. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not that invested in the rugby team. Oh. I'm pretty. I want to see them win, but like, I'm also want to see James Lowe win. Yeah. Would you choose? Would you choose a change of government for the All Blacks? No, you don't even want the fucking All Blacks <laughs> yeah, to win. What are you? What are you on? Yeah, I want to win. I mean, you may be you may be on a hiding to nothing. Um, final thoughts before we go. Um, yeah, it's fifty fifty coin flip basically for all of them. I mean, we've made our predictions, but that's our. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like I said, most unpredictable uh, quarterfinals I've seen of the nine World Cups we've had. Yeah, mm, so yeah. it's going to be really exciting. Sanjay remembers all of them in extreme details. Mm. Um, final comments from you, Matt. Um, just that I'm very excited for the maybe second time in this World Cup, I think. I was excited when it started, and now I'm excited for the quarterfinals. I, I, I wanted to go out on um, uh, a song that my brother's friend, uh, we, we came, uh, I went to a basketball game to watch my brother's team play, and um, again, uh, the Nelson College boys filled into the gym with a, a loud speaker, like one of those big portable boom boxes, mm-hmm. and they cranked a song. Um, and the lyrics were, when you're talking rugby, he's the best in the nation. When you're talking uniform, he's non-regulation. If you're on the pitch, he's the whole damn team. He's my favorite player on the first 15. James Lowe, shout out to him. Fins up for the Tasman Marco. Um, good luck to uh, Ireland. You kind of, I'm rooting for New Zealand, but... I want to see a good game, and if, if if New Zealand can't win, then New Zealand does win behind uh, Nelson's own, Fakatu zone, uh, James Lowe. Um, that's all for the podcast today. I'll let you out on that legendary song. It's horrific, but it's also amazing. Um, they played it in the gym. James Lowe wasn't actually that good at basketball. He was fast. How um, long is this outro? <laughs> this is a good at the- <laughs> Jesus. I've been Guy Williams. I've been Sanjay Patel. I've been Matt Cook. And shout out to James Lowe, Kia Kaha, may the All Blacks win. <laughs> Goodbye. Jesus. <laughs> if you're talking rugby, he's the best in the nation. If you're talking uniform, he's not in regulation. He don't need your help, he's a one-man team. He's my favorite player in the first 15. James Lowe, James Lowe, James Lowe, James Lowe, James Mr. Low is in the house And he will hunt you down like a cat does a mouse uh, Running with the ball, running down the line If you want to catch him then you're running out of time uh, He's in between the posts as he puts the ball down As we see the opposition start to frown Cause uh, they already know or they're probably assuming That he is not for real, he's a superhuman yeah. Now if you ask me, Lee Simpson is a hater You don't need to go get no leaving paper JLo from the what? 
J-Lo from the block, block. J-Lo ripping hard in his sandals and black socks. socks He's so ill, just call him meningitis He is in the first 15 despite his arthritis Cheers. If there's one bad thing, your life is a disgrace Now I'm probably gonna get a punch in the face But, but do I care? No, I don't Because you punch like a girl You used to punch real good Man, you've changed Nah, just jokes, James You're the man Nah. If you're talking rugby, he's the best in the nation If you're talking uniform, he's not in regulation He don't need your help, he's a one-man team He's my favourite player in the first 15 James Lowe, James Lowe, James Lowe, James Lowe, James Lowe Just let it run, I got another one Now, hey, Big James, we know you're cool But when you're at school, don't act the fool just sit down and do your work And how about you lose that non-reg shirt? <laughs> He's the undisputed master of physical education Just ask him to define the word circumtation Cheer. Excellence in PE, excellence in rugby class It's an everyday occurrence, everyday task Define his knees in one word, that word will be big He's the biggest rugby jock at school aside from Peter Grigg Greg. Can't remember history notes, can't even recite it But why bother recite it when you can rewrite it? Cause that's what he gon' do that's what he gon' do, this kid is like an animal, straight out of a zoo yeah. He's hungry for the victory, hungry for the fame Try and beat him next time, yo, but next time bring your game Cheer! Yo, let's just run this one out with the chorus, man Just bring it in when you want Cheer! If you're talking rugby, he's the best in the nation If you're talking uniform, he's not in regulation He don't need your help, he's a one-man team He's my favourite player in the first 15 James Lowe, yeah. James Lowe, yeah. J-Lo, don't mention it.